0: In the name of the one who is to come, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Many of you know that I like to run several times a week, and that chaffing is an unquenchable fire. Just kidding. Uh, But I do use a running app when I run that offers some coaching. And one of my favorite running coaches tells me It is okay to look back as long as I keep moving forward. I like that. The looking back as long as I am moving forward. It reminds me that there is nothing wrong with nostalgia as long as I don't get stuck there. When I am running, it is not about the pain or the ease, it is simply how I am moving forward. When things get tough and the road seems difficult, it is easy to begin to look to the past as a comfort and a crutch. Our nostalgia around the days of old is often influenced by the rose-colored glasses through which we see it. We remember the good times, the times when things seem easy, our successes. And we often forget the price of those successes, much less the difficult times, the hard times. We tell our stories of winning, and we gloss over our stories of losing. Looking back is not a bad thing, but looking back without being honest to the truth of our past can get us into trouble. We can get stuck in misremembering how great things used to be, or we can assign blame to external factors that translates to future prejudices. We narrow our hope and the possibilities of our future because we have succumbed to a false narrative of our past life. But when we are able to look back and learn from our past, holding up our wins and our failures, the times we struggled and the times that we succeeded, We can begin to embrace our future in ways that open us up to the possibilities of new life and a new world. We can live in a place of hope, not regret. That's what John the Baptist is trying to do this morning. He is firmly situating his preaching in nostalgia. He's standing in the midst of the wilderness, not Jerusalem. Not the city, but the wilderness. That place where the people of God heard their promise and their hope. It was the wilderness through which God led the people after their escape from Egypt to the promised land. It was the wilderness where Elijah defeats Jezebel and the prophets of Baal in the days of the king. John is intentionally in the midst of the wilderness to preach his message. And he begins by quoting the prophet Isaiah, again calling back to their history and one of the greatest prophets that they have known. He even dresses like John, playing the part to perfection, camel hair, wild-looking, eating bugs and honey. And then he reminds everyone that they are children of Abraham. The setting, the style, even the words are meant to remind those who are listening to him that they are God's people and God is their God. It is to remind them of a covenant made in the wilderness between God and Abraham and all of their ancestors. John doesn't situate his preaching in nostalgic terms as a way of reliving the glory days of Israel. But instead, he situates it there as a reminder to their choice. They can be stuck in the days of old, or those days of old can become a starting block for something new to happen. Ascension tells her stories of old, There is her founding in the early 1900s and the families who were committed to her becoming a place of worship and God's presence in this neighborhood of the Garden District. And many of those families are still with us, tied to this place. There was the fire and the stories of all those who, in the community and in the parish, came together to rebuild this place of love and even add to it, renewing its mission and its ministry. There was the split, painful to say the least, but a great lesson in the resilience of Ascension as she faced her future with perseverance, with courage, with hope. Most recently, there has been a pandemic, a time that we continue to learn from, but that has reinforced those lessons of love and connection, perseverance and courage that she has learned her many years. To look back over our past and see how we have grown and flourished, to remember the lessons of courage and perseverance, points us toward a future in which we know we will continue to love one another and to live into God's purposes for us. The trouble is that when we can't move forward and get stuck in the past, our resistance can lead to brokenness. John the Baptist calls out the Pharisees and the Sadducees not because of moral culpability or because he wants to make them feel bad about themselves or even to insult them in front of other people. He calls them a brood of vipers" because he recognizes that their clinging to history perpetuates a status quo that drives society toward division. His call to them is to repent is not about what they have or have not done. He calls them into a confession that admits their own personal need, brokenness and weakness not simply that of society at large, but in themselves. Once they can admit their truth, that their weakness and the brokenness of the world is woven together, then they can find redemption. Then they can find the fruit worthy of repentance. We are not so different I promise I won't call you a brood of vipers, even if some of you might be. I'm just teasing you're not. (laughs) But it is not until we can look back and confess our own role in the brokenness of the world by recognizing our own weaknesses that we might begin to move forward into God's healing and redemptive purposes for us and for the world. Our confession is not one of moral culpability, what we did wrong, what we might have done differently. There is space for that type of confession, and we offer it every Sunday. That asking of forgiveness for what we have done and what we have left undone. But John believes that Jesus, as the one to come, the kingdom that has come near, will heal our divisions And bind us to one another and God through redemption. The only way forward along that path is in releasing our expectations and inviting God's vision to be realized. When we cannot release our own expectations, we walk the path of alienation from God, from one another, even from ourselves. And that alienation always leads to division and limits our participation in the kingdom of God. John's message of repentance, the one in which we are invited to cast off that which keeps us participating in the kingdom of God, that invitation is not about confessing sin in terms of what we have or have not done. It is about confessing a sin that has alienated us, that has moved us away from God, that divides us from God and from one another, because as long as that sin exists in the world, the coming kingdom cannot. It is not about right or wrong, it's about how we participate with God with the one to come, with one another. John's message is no less relevant 2,000 years later. We can get stuck in who we were, or we can look back and continue to move forward, discerning how our perseverance our courage, our hope aligns with God and strengthens our partnership with Him and one another in the continued building up of His kingdom. Today is our Celebration Sunday in which we will consecrate the financial pledges we make to ascension and to God as an outward and visible sign of our response to God for the gratitude that we have for all that He has given us. It is sacramental Our participation in the mission and ministry of the church cannot be stuck in our experiences of the past, though we can learn the lessons of our past, the lessons in which our predecessors were committed to a continued growth in this church's mission and ministry, its building spaces, and most importantly, the hearts of its people as they grow in the knowledge and love of God. That is why we exist. That is who we are in God's eyes and our call in God's ministry. And by accepting this invitation of God's promise for us, we wander into a wilderness following a path of hope. When that path becomes difficult and challenging, we can look back and remember our perseverance, our courage, our connectedness, to help us move toward our future of hope. In much the same way, we do that not only through stewardship, but also in this year's capital campaign, the way, the truth, and the life. Though our stewardship is what we celebrate this day, and it is concerned with our current mission and ministry, our capital campaign is as deeply concerned with God's vision for us and how we get to continue to build up God's church for future ministry. That future mission and ministry will always be grounded in a history that knew its possibilities and always moved forward, not getting stuck in its past. Our pledges to God's vision and to God's purposes for us is always about moving us forward closer to Him and to one another as He repairs our divisions and heals our divides. Stewardship transforms us as individuals and as a community. It helps us to prepare the way of the Lord, to make His path straight. John's call is not one of judgment. It is one of invitation an invitation to trust God and all that God has in store for us. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace and believing so that our hope abounds too through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.